Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. Amen. Come on. Give it up to the Lord. Yeah, come on. Amen. Second service, best service. Amen. Best looking people come to the second service. Turn to somebody and say, that's true. That's true. That's true. He's, he's speaking truth from the start. And I love the atmosphere of this place. You know, everything lives or dies based on an atmosphere. And the atmosphere of this house has life in it. Amen. Speak life. That's a theme for this little talk right now. We'll be going to John chapter 7 and see Jesus having a uh, Pastor David moment. <laughs> It'll be awesome. And, uh, or maybe Pastor David has some Jesus moments. Maybe that's the way that thing works. And, uh, but we're going to see, we're going to see Jesus speaking life over you and me. And I love the atmosphere of this place. You know, uh, the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven comes from the atmosphere of the king, right? The atmosphere of a family comes from the atmosphere of the head of the family. The atmosphere of a church comes from the pastoral leadership. And in Rock City, we're blessed with two of the greatest pastors on the face of the earth, Pastor David and Amber Bendette. Can you give an amen? In fact, give them a hand. Because nothing comes without pain involved. Nothing good happens without pain involved. And the atmosphere in which you and I live in this culture today is the atmosphere comes out of governmental institutions and by and large, it's negative. Would you agree with that? We step out of sight of this positive, energized place with the presence of Christ today. That's awesome, man. And uh, it's cold with a little, come on. And uh, with a miracle. And, uh, and, and we walk out of this place today and we walk into an atmosphere of negativity that permeates the earth. But Jesus Christ came to smash and destroy the negative nature of the enemy. Amen? How does he do that? How does he do that? How does Jesus do that now? The presence of Christ is in you. Touch somebody next to you and say, Jesus Christ, the presence of Christ is in you. Greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. Come on, somebody. We carry the presence of Christ. How do you smash the stuff of this earth? You carry an atmosphere of overcoming power in you. So when you walk into culture, you change the atmosphere in which you walk into. I don't care if it's Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever. You carry an atmosphere with you, right? In your work, in your home, wherever you are, you carry that atmosphere. And when we don't understand what we carry, we have a tendency to live within the context of our culture rather than overcoming our culture, conquering it, taking every thought captive through the presence of Christ in us. Presence of Christ, a hope in you. Hope is alive, hope has a name. Hope's name is? Jesus, man, Rock City, fantastic. John chapter seven, we'll look at that in a moment. My wife, Judy, would be here, but this weekend she uh, took the weekend to, and since her greetings, took the weekend to take care of our grandchildren. 
which uh, for us proves again that, that parenting is really for younger people. Yeah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Talked to her last night. How are you doing? She goes, I'm exhausted. And uh, so, but, and so I, I just do want to say this because have, we have two uh, close friends who are parenting their grandchildren and they're our age. And so I wanted to say uh, kudos and really God bless you to those grandparents who are parenting grandchildren, amen? And uh, it's a very special gift and uh, something you need, the power and the presence of God. And we as a family want to be behind you and with you in that uh, effort, amen? Amen. So Judy, uh, in February this year, she was not feeling well, went to the doctor, uh, had a procedure and in a biopsy, uh, we got a phone call on Wednesday afternoon in the middle of February before we left on Thursday morning for a wedding on the West Coast. We live in Grapevine, Texas. And she got a phone call about three o'clock in the afternoon. It was the nurse, uh, excuse me, it was the doctor who said, I don't have any good way to say this, but Judy, you have cancer. And so uh, we're gonna, and it's, uh, you have two types. One of them is extremely aggressive and we're gonna move very quickly on everything we need to do. Uh, I'll never forget my wife sitting there with the phone and she had it on speaker. I was there with her and I'll never forget uh, Pastor David looking at her and seeing her expression not change. In other words, she just, she was like, she's a warrior, right? And uh, joint heirs with Christ, men and women. And so she was, she just solid through this thing. And, and we begin to have communion together every day, speaking life over her. And the thing moved very quickly, March uh moved into having procedures and then uh, had a phone call the end of March, 1st of April from the nurse after she had a major surgery. And the nurse called and said, we've just done a pathology and I wanted to call you before your visit uh, next Tuesday and tell you this, that based on the pathology, what we saw in the biopsy, the cancer that's called serous, the highly aggressive one, we can't find any uh, trace of it. And you're not going to have to do chemo or radiation. And so that was huge. And so that following Tuesday, we met with the doctor. And, and uh, let me show, in fact, I want to show a photo of uh, Judy and I uh, right now. And uh, we just, we were just in, uh, that's the Grand Tetons in the distance. We were just in Wyoming. Isn't she hot? <laughs> and uh, seriously. And so... Uh, and that was taken uh, two weeks ago on our 50th anniversary. Come on, somebody. Is that awesome? 50 years, man. And, uh, and the thing is that the, Judy said, somebody asked, we did a marriage conference a week ago, and um, somebody asked Judy, you know, how do you do 50 years? She said, well, you just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. And I was, you know, of course me, I'd, Twisted a little, I go, oh, so it's just like, well, I'm married to him, might as well show up. And I was like, really, that's it? She goes, no, that's not the way I meant it. But as men, we kind of do that, don't we? The ladies go, hey, man, you guys do. Words have creative power. When, when I told her years ago, many years ago, I love you, it changed something. It, it, that word, when I spoke that word, it shifted something in our relationship. When she said that back to me, it, it changed it again. And then uh, uh, a few, about a, well, a couple years later when I said, will you marry me? Bam, that's a whole other level. 
right? Because you're committed to what you confess. The freedom you have in life is being able to make choices, but when you make the choice, you become servant to the choice. You now, in other words, when you speak a word, you become servant to the word you spoke. That's why the theme today in this talk is speak life. Everybody say, speak life. And when she said to me, yes, it was like, boom, man, my heart went, bam, just exploded. And it still does when she walks in the room. Is that fantastic? And uh, so speaking life, speak life. Words have creative power. When God spoke the words, the world into existence, Nothing was there until he spoke. He created it out of nothing except his word because words have substance, creative power. So husband and wife, they were driving along out to Padre Island out here on the highway and and, uh, he's going a little fast. His wife leans over and says, you know, you're going a little fast. He goes, I'm fine, I'm fine. She said uh, a few minutes later, he's going real fast. She says, you know, you need to slow down. You're going a little fast. He said, I'm fine. All of a sudden, of course, the lights on the car behind him hit up. It's a policeman. The officer pulls him over and his wife says, I told you, I told you. And he says, nah, 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 just be quiet. I'll take care of this. The officer comes up, gets his ID, says, uh, do you know why I stopped you? The man says, I have no idea. The officer says, well, you were speeding. She leans over and says, I told him that. I told him he was going too fast. He goes, quiet, I'll take care of this. The officer says, and uh, sir, your ID is, uh, is, is out of date. It's, you know, it's a lapse, it's expired. And, uh, and he goes, well, man, that's a shock. I had, she goes, leans over, she goes, I told him that's been expired for six months. I kept telling him. He says, quiet, or you're getting out of the car. So, so then the officer says, well, uh, sir, your uh, taillight's actually broken and your headlight's out. And he goes, man, it must have been a vandal or something. I have no, I had no idea. She leaned over. She said, I've been telling him that for a year. <laughs> telling him that for a year. He goes, you got to get out of the car. You're out. The officer says, uh, ma'am, does he always speak to you like that? She leaned over. She said, only when he's been drinking. <laughs> funny, I like that. Words have creative power. God's word filled the atmosphere with, of heaven, with heaven. And that's why I love the atmosphere of Rock City Church. It's got the atmosphere of heaven, creative power. I believe God can give you ideas for your business, your family, for new inventions here in this place, in this atmosphere. And we carry that with us. In John chapter seven, we see this amazing moment and uh, where Jesus is speaking uh, something over a, a group of people there. Pastor David talked about it a few moments ago, what we do all over the world. Colton and Doug and David and others are part of this and Fabian. And I thank you, Rock City, for being a part of this. I wanna show you something, some photos. Because what uh, we do is we take the message of what it is to be a real man. To be a real man is to be more like Jesus Christ. The strength of Christ was first internal before it was external. Religion tries to change you from the outside. The law tries to change you from the outside, but Christ changes us from the 
inside. So the stronger a man is on the inside, the more gracious he can be on the outside. So our building of strong men is always first inside and then outside. So we raise up strong dads and fathers and strong men around the world and uh, in over 100 nations. And Rock City, you're a part of this. And so uh, a year or so ago, uh, you know, the China virus came up a year ago, March, right? All that stuff started happening. We caught the last flight out of, well, that's where it came from. So... (laughs) And I was there, I was in Hong Kong. I'm in Hong Kong and these people are meeting me at the airport in hazmat suits. And I'm thinking, man, something serious is going on. Anyway, so uh, we had just graduated our one millionth man in Indonesia who had gone through maximized manhood just in Indonesia. Is that awesome? Over half of those men, over half million former Muslim men. And uh, amazing what's happening around the world. So then when we came back, we, we launched the studio there in, in the Fort Worth area. And uh, Rock City has been a part of that. And we had to do a training in Vietnam and we couldn't get there. So we thought, well, let's just go live on Facebook and YouTube and satellite and all this stuff with these cameras the Lord gave us and uh, that you helped sponsor. And so we did that and we didn't know who was gonna be on the other side. So this is Vietnam, communist nation. And we did a book called Never Quit. And uh, so as, as we're doing this, we went on and with side-by-side translation with we, our translator, and different men teaching and leaders. And, and we said, hey, if you're listening to this, send us a photo. So at least we know somebody's there. So we got a photo in, some guys listening. We go, well, that's cool. And then other photos started happening. Look at this, look at these photos. These are people, these are guys, that's me in that TV. And this is in Hanoi. This is in uh, Ho Chi Minh City. Look at this, Da Nang. Keep going, keep going. Look at these, look at these different photos. And all of a sudden, we're getting all these photos. Over 2,000 pastors and leaders across Vietnam. Is that awesome? Being a part of training and discipling men and changing a nation. When you touch the soul of a man, you've touched the heart of a nation. Amen? When men's hearts change, Everything changes. So the Lord launched us out of that experience into reaching the, the dangerous nations of the earth. And the goal is the, most, the 50 most dangerous nations of the world to raise up 5,000 pastors, excuse me, 50,000 pastors who will train 5 million men what it is to be godly men. If we raise up 5 million fathers in the 50 most dangerous nations, we're talking Saudi Arabia, Sudan, other parts of the world, So what we just did last Monday and Tuesday, because of your partnership with Christian Men's Network, we did our first translation into the Farsi language. And last Monday and Tuesday, did live broadcast into Iran, Tajikistan, northern part of Afghanistan, and Farsi-speaking men all over the world. Is that awesome? And uh, of course, they can't send us photos because it's (laughs) it's dangerous, right? Right? And you were speaking life, speaking life over men, speaking life over situations. And in John chapter seven, there's this really cool moment where Jesus is in the middle of this ceremony. Now this ceremony is happening, happens still every year in Israel. And it's a celebration of the harvest. It's thanking God for what's happened. It's one of the major festivals in for the Jewish people. And this happened a couple thousand years ago. It had been happening for a thousand years when Jesus showed up. And uh, 
And so uh, it's this festival where at the end of it, on the eighth day, it's a seven-day festival. On the eighth day, this big ceremony, and they've got all the produce here. And then the priest takes water and pours the water over the produce and says, you know, this is the blessing of God. And it signifies the presence of God in their lives that there'd be a harvest and thanking him for his, for his blessing. And I, I went to Israel first time. I've been there about 10 times. And the first time I went there, uh, I, I went there and, and this is years ago. And they said, it's the festival of shelters or the festival of booths, booths, T-H, booths. I thought they were saying the festival of booze. They go, it's a seven-day festival. And I'm thinking, what could go wrong? <laughs> Seven days, festival of booze, then the priest is going to show up. But it's the festival of booths, booths. Got it? Yeah. Booths. <laughs> and, it, and it's a festival. And so here it is. So now this ceremony happens in John chapter 7. You got it? John chapter 7. And it says that as the priest comes in, it's this big ornate thing and they've got, they've got the produce there and they've got the big thing of water that's been blessed and prayed over and the priest stands up and just as he's about to pour it, here's, his, here's Jesus's David Bendette moment. And right in the middle of this huge crowd out in the throng, out in the middle there of the square in front of the temple, this huge thing happens and right in the middle where everybody's just silent, the priest comes up. Oh, whatever, I don't know, whatever they did. Okay, and so uh, right at that moment, right at that moment, Jesus stands up right over there and goes, hey, hey, if you want living water, come to me. If you want it, you can have it. Is that awesome? If you want it, you can have it. And Jesus disrupts the culture to speak life over people. And he still does that today. And that moment changed everything. And Jesus speaks life over you and me. If you want it, you can have it. Turn to somebody and say, if you want it, you can have it. If you want it, you can have it. <laughs> Philippians chapter three, verse 12 says, not that I've attained or I'm already perfect, but I press on. Everybody say press on. Yes. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. In other words, I'm gonna go capture that for which I was captured for. I was captured by a world changer to be a world changer. Yes. Amen. So I'm going to go out and do that. And the Bible says, the Word of God says in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, it says everything you need to fulfill the calling of God in your life, you have. Jesus said, if you want it, you can have it. And Ephesians chapter 1 says he's poured it out lavishly. It doesn't say, hey, you know what? If you're going to be a follower of Christ, that's cool. But hang on. You know, uh, I, I tell you what, I'll give you about 10% of it, my presence, see how it works out. You can pray, not much is going to happen. It's gonna give you about, I'll just give you a little. 
But the Bible says, and the Word of God says in Ephesians, He said He's given us everything that He is. If you want it, come on, somebody. You can have it. Speak life. It's good. It's good news. Mark 4, Jesus speaks and the storm is stopped. Mark 5, Jesus speaks and a man gets totally set free. Over and over, it says, wherever Jesus went, he preached and he said, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, right? It's here. If you want it, you can have it. Speak life. Ezekiel 37. Watch this. Ezekiel 37. Because John 14, 12 says this. It says, Jesus said, the things that I have done, my disciples will also do. It says, everything I've done, my disciples will do. It doesn't say, uh, hey, what I did, you can almost do. It doesn't say, hey, what you saw Jesus do, you can kind of almost get there. It says, everything that you see Jesus do, you can do. Speak life. Every time he spoke, something happened. Something changed. Ezekiel chapter 37, look at this. Ezekiel chapter 37. Because confession, speaking life, Romans 10 says, says you're, you come to Christ by believing in your heart, but confession of your mouth is what connects it all together. You speak life. You speak words that have creative power. Ezekiel 37. This is such a good story. And it's a man named Ezekiel. That's why they called the book Ezekiel. Trying not to go too fast. Ezekiel. Watch this. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel says, and let me, let me read this for us. It says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that, carried, that, scattered, that were scattered over the floor. They were scattered. It's a whole other story. And then God asked Ezekiel, can these bones become living people again? And Ezekiel said, Lord, only you know the answer to that. And then God said, verse four, chapter 37, Ezekiel. He says, oh, dude, it's awesome. Look what it says. He said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse seven. Verse seven, so I spoke this message. So I prophesied. Who's, who prophesied? So God said to Ezekiel, you speak over the bones. He didn't say, hey, pray and hopefully Gideon will show up sometime. You pray and hopefully Moses will come back. You pray and maybe uh, Gabriel or Michael will come down. He said, you speak. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking to you. This word is for you and me because the Bible says you are filled with his presence. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You are a freedom speaker. You are a speaker of life into every situation in which you live, walk, everywhere you go, your family, every relationship. You think it's dead, speak 
life. You think that business, you think that situation, you think your dream, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's that, what's that about? It's not just physical. It's your dreams. It's your desires. It's Ephesians 2.10, the things you were made to do. The enemy's trying to just get you detoured away from the fullness of what you were designed to do. And then Jesus said in that same verse, but I came get to give you life and what? Life to the fullest, more abundant. In other words, for you to become everything you were designed to be. Everything he placed you on earth for. There's not been one moment, one second, one instant where God has ever regretted placing you on the earth. Not one moment. He's never said, oh man, I had no idea he was going to do that. It's like, dude, are you kidding? Why did we put him here? Why is she here? What's Not one second has God ever regretted placing you on the earth because you are alive right now on purpose for his purpose. And what's his purpose? Speak life. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your nation. Speak life over your city. Listen, there's not going to be 500 people here next week. There's going to be over 1,000 people are going to flood this place. And as we come together, it's not just about volunteering. It's about the family showing up. If you got somebody coming to your house and sitting at your table, come on, somebody. It's, us, it's time for us as a family to show up because that's guests that are coming. And what are we going to do? Come on, somebody. Speak life. Speak life. You hand somebody a bottle of water, it may not be that moment where you have, thus saith the Lord. This water speaks of. No, 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 just hand them the water. It's like, dude, here's some water. What's up? How you doing? You know, just that, your atmosphere, your life, your freedom. And they're going to look at you and go, dude, I want some of that. What do you got? And you say, if you want it, come on, somebody. This is awesome. Next Saturday is going to be unbelievable. Remarkable. Okay, okay, here we go. Okay, I gotta land it. I gotta land it. Matthew 21, 22. And everything you pray, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Speak life, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. In other words, he's saying you can speak to the obstacles of life and make the crooked ways straight and the rough ways smooth. Listen, if the path of life you're on has no obstacles in it, you're on the wrong path. Come on, somebody. Right? And he will bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Speak life. Who shouts? Who speaks? The people do. We do. That's us. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. Listen, who speaks his spirit over the world? We do. Who's going to speak over every guest that shows up in this parking lot? And We are. We're going to speak life over them. Genesis 15. 
give me a little keyboard thing, which makes us all feel like I'm ending. <laughs> it's like, oh, he must be closing. Not really, but I like the music. Genesis 15, Genesis 15. Genesis 15. And we did actually bring some materials. Now listen, we've got this, this book, uh, one of my favorite books. My dad wrote this book about his own prodigal life, how he had walked away from God and how in the middle of World War II on a ship in Lady Gulf, as the kamikaze came straight for him, he began to pray. How many of us know that we come to Christ out of crisis, right? And uh, he describes how a prodigal came home to God. If you've got a prodigal in your life, Absolute Answers is a great book. We didn't bring this just so you read books. This is about enlarging our lives. So the materials we have that Pastor David talked about are there uh, for us to have our lives enlarged. Genesis 15, Abraham receives a promise. Every time you receive a promise from God, the enemy's gonna try to kill it. Herod did that when Jesus was born. Tried to kill the promise. So Abraham receives, a, or Abram receives a promise that he's gonna have this generation of people after him. Gonna have this amazing legacy. This guy with no kids, he's like, how's that gonna happen? He says, he says I promise you. And so, so uh, Abram then wants to cut covenant with God. He cuts the animal in half. It's a blood covenant. It's the type of Christ and the cross. Resurrection and life comes out of that. He's gonna have this moment. The Bible says in Genesis 15, it says, as he began to do this, it says some vultures, some birds of prey, some vultures came out of the sky and tried to steal the carcass, tried to steal the promise, tried to steal this moment from Abram. Watch this, this is great. Verse 10, chapter 15 of Genesis. So Abram presented all these to him, killed them, cut each animal down the middle, laid the half side by side. And then it says, verse 11, verse 11, chapter 15. And when the birds of prey, some vultures came down on the carcasses, read the next part. Who drove them away? What did Abram do? Drove them away. He spoke life. Bam. It's like, here comes the enemy. Oh, 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 there's some vultures coming. Oh, God, what are we going to do? I got to call Doug. I got to call Doug. That's what I'll do. I'll call Doug. I'll call. No, where's Pastor David? I got to go. Pastor. No, no, no. Bible says you have in you the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. You speak over the bones. You speak over life. You speak over dead things. You speak life. Come on, everybody stand up with me right now. We speak life, you and I. We speak life. So Abram jumped up and Abram chased the vultures away. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. One more thing here. Okay, you take that. What is Matthew 9? It's announcing. Okay, so it's good. Okay, here we go. James 1 12. Okay, now. That's good. Okay. Man, I could go, I could just go a lot of places. The reason I have notes is to try to keep be right between the navigational buoys. Amen. Watch this. James chapter one, verse 25. I want the men come up who are commissioned men. We're going to commission the man today. This is going to be an amazing moment because what we're going to see is men who have decided to speak life over their lives 
over their family, over every situation in their life, speak life over their culture, who have said, I'll stand up when others don't. James 1.25 says, if you look into the perfect law of liberty, if you look into this word, but you're not a doer, if you're only a hearer, says you won't be blessed. Says the man who's a doer will be blessed. In other words, don't just listen to it and not do something. You've got to speak life. Speak life. And I want to speak this over every single person here today. It may be a relationship, business. It may be uh, something else in your life. It may be a physical need you have. You may need healing in your life. I want to speak life. Judy and I, every day as we went through this whole journey this year, we had communion together. I laid hands on my wife, prayed over her, spoke life over her. She spoke life over herself. We speak life. Everybody bow their head with me right now. Father, I thank you for this picture of your son, which is a picture of how you feel about us. And you said you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us. If you want it, you can have it. And we receive that right now. Everybody reach out your hands and just like you're with palms up, like you're receiving a gift. Father, I pray right now the anointing and power of your Holy Spirit on every single one of my friends and family here today. Lord, that your anointing, your power, the water of your presence would fill us, that we would leave this place dripping with the presence of Almighty God. That, Father, we would bring life into every situation. Father, right now, I pray your anointing and your healing and your presence over every single family and situation, over every marriage, over every child who's walked away from you. Father, the prodigal comes back. The prodigal comes back. We receive your presence here today, Rock City. We thank you for your life. We speak life. Come on, I want you to speak life over situations. Just begin to speak it out over people, over situations, over, over, over uh, issues you're walking through. Speak life over your business. Speak life over your neighborhood. Speak life over your neighbor. Speak life over the street in which you live. Come on. Speak life over everybody you touch, whether it's Kroger or anywhere else. Speak just Hobby Lobby. Speak life over them today. Father, we speak life over every promise that has come to us. We speak life over it. The enemy's tried to rip us off, tried to rip off our, our legacy. We speak life over it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. real quick um, before we commission David would you guys be seated so that you guys can see good I want to say one quick thing to tie into this message it's a scripture that I live by every day and it's a scripture that I think you all should memorize you should know it front and back you should put it on your bathroom mirror you should put it everywhere you go and it's Philippians 4 6 and this scripture's fits so perfect with this message. And I love it because it speaks to every situation that we're facing in our lives. Remember, the devil always puts a question mark where God puts a period, always. And what he wants to do is produce fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, disbelief. 
And then what that does is it causes you to take matters into your own hands, which I believe is where anxiety comes from. And so this scripture, be anxious, the word anxious also means be careful for nothing. And think how many times you tell people, now you be careful, you be careful. But the Bible says to not be careful for anything. Now be diligent, listen to the Holy Spirit, do, do only what you see the Father doing, do only what you see Jesus doing, be led by the Spirit in everything that you do. But this word careful, it also means to look out, not only to be fearful or worried or anxious, but it also means to be focused on your own self-interest, which is why the Bible tells us to not have any selfish ambition in any area of our life. So you have to check every decision, every motive, everything that you do and line it up with God's word and God's voice and what God's saying and doing. And what he's saying is trust me in everything that you do. But in the context of speaking life, notice the answer to not being anxious or careful. The answer is the only way you're gonna be able to do it is if in everything that you do, you're in constant communion with the Lord. Prayer is communing with God, it's speaking and listening to what God is saying. He's speaking and you're speaking. So if you're gonna speak life the way that Dr. Paul has reminded us and taught us today, is that you're gonna have to speak the way that God speaks. You're gonna have to see the way God sees. Otherwise, you're just haphazardly and talking out of both sides of your mouth or your rear end. Am I right? Aren't you tired of haphazardly speaking about things that maybe you don't know anything about or speaking out of things that you're angry or frustrated or anxious or being careful about? And God's saying, don't live that way. Don't live this way, but rather live this way. Stay in constant communion with me. Prayer is speaking, talking and listening. Now, what is supplication? I love supplication because supplication is a, another great word for supplication is the word entreat. And it means to come into agreement with the treaty or the covenant that God has already made in your life. So now your prayers shift from begging God to do something to coming to, into agreement with what God has already said. Now I'm speaking what he's saying and what he has already declared. And there's power and authority behind that. That's why John 15 is so powerful. John 15, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and I appointed or ordained you to bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that when you pray, your prayers would be answered. Now I'm not praying out of fear, worry, anxiety, doubt. I'm not even coming to agreement with the question marks that the devil is putting on my situation. Now, some of you know I'm in one of the biggest situations of my entire life. This is my scripture. Let's keep the scripture up. This is my scripture. Is I know what God has said. So now I'm saying what he said, which kills doubt. Which kills the question mark that's inside many of our hearts about what God has said. I feel the anointing just talking about it. Some of you are got this fearful depression, worry, anxiety thing. And part of it's because you don't know what God has said. 
You don't know the covenant. You don't know the favor, the love, the kindness, the mercy, the grace. Because in treating, if you look up this word in the, in the Hebrew, it means to come into agreement for the favor that God has on your life. God favors you. God loves you. God cares for you. And he doesn't want you to be worried about anything in your life, not your food, not your clothes, not your job, not your money, not your situation. Jesus is bigger than your situation. It's a lordship issue. And the issue is knowing what God has said so that you can come into agreement with it. And once God has spoken, now you stay the course and you stop getting moved out of the position. Be anxious, be careful, don't be afraid, don't focus on yourself, don't let the question marks come in for anything, but in everything. Notice nothing and everything. Nothing and everything. By prayer, speaking, supplication, coming to agreement and speaking. Notice, and thanksgiving, speaking. Let your requests, speaking, be made known to God. And so I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with God. And there's the power of agreement. Nothing can move the power of agreement. Where two or more gather together and touching anything according to his name and in agreement, they'll have what they ask for. And so who are you in agreement with? The Lord or the devil? Who are you in agreement with? And this whole world is filled with opportunities to come out of agreement with God. People everywhere around us are eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everywhere. And they're handing that apple to you. The world system, the government, social media, everything's wanting you to eat from this wrong tree, which puts you in agreement with fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, disbelief, and the question marks of the devil. That's not who you are. Come on, repent, stop. Change the way that you think. Come into alignment and agreement with the Holy Ghost. I'll come in agreement with you too. How about that? I'm in agreement for your son. You're not alone. God puts us in a family. And when you're unified with a family, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Yeah! Woo! You guys should be fired up today. I'm not kidding. What's your situation? What tree are you eating from? If you got fear, worry, doubt, disbelief, anxiety, sleepless nights, nightmares, drugs, alcohol, addiction, wrong tree, folks. Thorns, thistles, cares of this world, choking out your heart, pursuit of money and wealth, jobs, careers, all the stuff that's quenching the fire of God right out of you. And I hate it. I have a disdain for it. And I'm not gonna give into it anymore. Neither should you. This is our time to shine bright. We're gonna speak to dead bones. We're gonna speak life. We're gonna chase the vultures away. I, that, you know, I've never, ever, ever heard anyone teach that. It's rare that I hear a message that I go, I never heard anybody say that. Thank you. Because that is so rich. Right in the middle of covenant agreement and the promise of God and the sacrifices, here come the vultures. As soon as the sower sows the seed, 
the birds of prey are sitting on the, on the wires outside this church. There's birds of prey on the wires outside of this church. This corner, Waldron and SPID, they're strongholds trying to take Flower Bluff. But guess what? God says, I'm giving you four and a half acres right on the corner. We're feeling anointing just talking about that. And what's it want to do? I'm sowing seed right into your heart. Paul sowed seed right into your heart. Now, are you going to let it germinate? And are you going to let it produce a hundredfold harvest and beyond? Or are you going to let the birds of prayer, are you going to trample it to the side? It's another nice Sunday morning message. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, been to church my whole life. Oh, that was nice. Inspired me for a moment. You don't need a moment of inspiration. You need a lifetime of revelation. And, the, and I'm telling you, the word that the sower sowed, the seed into the heart was designed to be a lifetime, not a moment. And you got to say yes to what God's saying and doing. Because he's already said yes. God already said yes. Like in my situation, I'm telling everybody to pray. You don't even need to know the whole situation. I tell everybody to pray. I'm not telling people to pray because I'm scared. I'm not telling people to pray because I'm afraid the devil's going to come in. I'm telling people to pray because now if we come into alignment with what God has said together in unity, woo, man, yeah. This isn't sissy, weak, passive prayers. There is an authority. The devil does not want you to know the power and the authority that's inside of you. He wants you to walk weak, broke, busted, depressed, disgusted, constantly living like a tail when you're supposed to be ahead. There's power and authority inside of you. You have a full-grown Jesus living inside of you. He said it. He just got me fired up to preach is all he did. And I'm going to take every, you end it early, I'm going to make it long. That's how I roll. So I just want to remind you guys, every single one of us in this sanctuary today and watching online is fighting for a promise. There's not, you're never not in an obstacle and fighting for something, ever. Ever. Which means you got to start to come in agreement with what God has said and start supplicating, start declaring God declared the decree in Psalm 2. I have declared the decree. Today you are my son. I have beseeched you or begotten you. I've begotten you, meaning you're his. He birthed you. He declared the decree. Now you declare the decree. You speak the decree. This nation belongs to the Lord. This city belongs to God. My family belongs to God. My future belongs to God. My kids will fulfill. I pray the most simplest prayer for my kids. You will fulfill every purpose of God established for your life. You will be the mouthpiece and the voice of the Lord and you will shine his light bright everywhere you go all the days of your life. You're the salt of the earth. You will be a sign and wonder to the nations. They're falling asleep and I'm laying hands on them declaring those things. So make declarations. Stand firm in who you are. Be anxious for nothing. No more doubt, no more fear, no more self-interest. And when you make it about that, man, God, you move the heart of God. You know, the Bible says that the ear of the Lord listens to the prayers of the righteous and his eyes are on them. His eyes are on you. What if you really believed that God was really listening and watching? What if you really believed it? 
then you got nothing to be afraid of. Because if the God of the universe is watching you closely and his eyes and his ears are on you, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. You have nothing to be afraid of, amen? All right, so we're gonna pray here in just a moment, but first we're gonna do this commissioning. I also, uh, well, after we do the commissioning, we're gonna pray and then I'll say something, all right? Okay, For, who's getting, David, where are you at? Come here, stand up here. I'll tell you something about David. Stand up here for a second. Oh, are you gonna get your wife? I'll give her a kiss, okay. Yesterday, we had over 50 men at our men's summit. Isn't that awesome? And the the topic was rise up and recover all, the word that God gave to David at Ziklag when he screwed up and uh, God redeemed it, and which is his story. Because David, he burned it all down and then God traded that burn down ashes for something beautiful. It really is an incredible story. And he has risen up and recovered all. And now your wife and your daughter and the faithfulness and the kindness of the Lord, the restoration of all things, married, you've truly become a man after God's heart. Your wife has grown and flamed on. And it's, it's a much bigger promise than you could have even ever deserved, ever which is the goodness of God, right? The goodness of God. And uh, he was going through all of the curriculum and had to take a break. Didn't get commissioned then for such a time as this, because this is your time. And I want you to know I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you because your life is a picture of what happens when true repentance and brokenness and responding to the uh, discipline of the Lord and saying yes and letting God do what God does best and not running away, not quitting and not giving up when you wanted to so many times. And I'm really proud of you. And now you can be a father to this house, a father to the sons and daughters that God's raising up in this house. And now you're fully commissioned for the more that God has in store for you. So I'm proud of you. Man, Pastor David, stand, stay right here. We'll bring, uh, when, when David killed Goliath and won a great victory for Israel, David took that sword of Goliath and that sword he took became a symbol of victory from then on for the nation of Israel. Even in our culture today, when a man, say in the military, has a sword by his side, it's a symbol of authority. So this ceremony, well, it's actually a little different since uh, David chose a uh, battle axe. It's like he took it up a level. <laughs> Nothing like taking us further. It's awesome. But it's a symbol of victory, a symbol of authority. It's also a symbol of a man under authority.
So all over the world, as I mentioned in Indonesia and in Uganda, all over the world, there are men, brothers that you're joining right now who have gone through a three-year process of discipleship, who have committed to be part, to have their pastors back, to uh, be part of a family, to be part of a culture like this, to stand up for righteousness, stand up for truth. So I commend you for that. And these men behind you have all, are all men who have been commissioned. And so this time right now, if you'd reach out a hand towards David, Pastor David is going to pray a prayer over him as he receives this symbol of authority and commissioning in the name of Jesus. Pastor David. Lord, I thank you for a mighty man after your own heart. And I thank you, God, for your faithfulness and kindness to David. Jesus. Lord, before the foundations of the world, you predestined him to become a son and to know you intimately. And I thank you, Lord, that he's just that today. Thank you, God, for his family, his wife, his daughter. Thank you, God, for his children. Thank you, Lord, for the new season. Thank you, God, for the expansion. Thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. Thank you for greater lordship and trust. Thank you, God, that in every situation and every circumstance, he's in agreement with your covenant promises and that he knows how to stand firm and pray and trust and listen. Thank you, God, for a husband, a father, and a son. And thank you, Lord, for using him mightily in this house to love well, to lead well, to advise well, to be strategic in everything that he says and does. And thank you, God, that uh, for his wife, Shada, that, Lord, the call of God on her life, Lord, even for uh, this nation, and the nations of the world is strong and mighty. And thank you, God, that you orchestrated something that in our best day we never could have. And that's your love, your goodness, and your mercy for David's life. I bless you. I bless you in this house. I fully knight you as a warrior and soldier in the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Lord, that though this battle axe will hang on his wall for his children one day. Lord, in his heart is a battle axe to drive back every deceptive lie of the enemy. Fill him with your spirit again, God. Fill him up, Lord. Fill him up to overflowing. And I thank you, Jesus, that David and all these men can be a great example to the sons and daughters that you're raising up in this house and the legacy that you'll leave for the generations to come. And I bless you mightily. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. David, stand up. In a moment, he's going to raise this up, and I want there to be a shout. All you men, get ready to pull your swords up, and we're just going to lift this up as a, as a warrior. The Scottish warriors have a saying, and it's this. If there's no blood on your kilt, you're just a dancer. Yeah! Let's hear it for David. Come on. All right, awesome. Well, put your swords away and uh, hop off. We're going to roll this back. Here's um, Colton had a word, and I know he wants to share this. We're going to pray for you. Any of the men that really feel a, an urging and a nudging and a calling from God, uh, we want to pray for you. Marriages that may be struggling, if you're battling addiction today, 
If you're struggling with fear, worry, or doubt, or disbelief, if that word that, that Dr. Paul or I gave really ministered to you, I wanna challenge you to respond to that and let somebody pray for you. Also, I wanna remind you guys that, you know, when Paul comes and the other guests come, they don't come for an honorarium. They don't charge me. They're not, it's not about money. But biblically, we wanna give back. Don't move this thing while I'm up here yet. <laughs> biblically, we wanna give back or I'll get that sword. And it'll, yeah. We'll do some circumcision up here is what we'll do. You know, I love circumcision. All right. So, wow. This went a whole wrong direction. You know what you need to do? Give. That's right. That's right. Now we need to, I want to support Paul. I want to ask you all to pray. Ask the Lord. Just pull it real quick on the screen. You guys know how you can give. You can give today in the box in the back. There's a drop down menu for Paul Cole or Christian Men's Network. Let's bless him. If you all would give mightily to his ministry. This is a ministry we want to reap from. By giving into men all over the world, we receive a culture of strong men. So I want to ask all of you to please consider giving. Ask the Lord. You know how to do it. There it is. All right, now you can move this thing. So uh, I'd like to ask all my prayer partners to come up. Why don't you all stand? And we're going to pray for you guys today. Prayer partners, I need you all to come up right now. If you're an approved prayer partner... Come on up, prayer partners. Spread out, men. You guys can pray for people spread out too, but put the swords away. Yeah, and so uh, if you all need prayer today before you go, we want to take this opportunity to pray for you. Something going on, struggles, challenges, needs. Come into agreement with somebody in your life. The power of agreement, I talked about that, and that's what we're going to do especially men, if you're feeling a pull and a call. If you need other men in your life, fathers, you know, most men are fatherless. Even Christian men, sadly, aren't walking in the Father's love or they don't have a father investing in their life. One of the things I learned a long time ago is if you want a father in your life, become one to somebody else and God will bring you one, okay? So if you need prayer for anything today, I'm gonna pray for you and then invite you guys to come up. Lord, thank you, God, for... Dr. Paul, thank you, Lord, for his love and the legacy, Lord, and even bringing Rob Carmen into our lives. And that, Lord, even Rob's legacy is here today. Thank you so much, God, for a true friend that loves well and encourages and strengthens this body and the body of Christ all over the world. And for everyone that comes up for prayer today, I pray, God, that you would hear our prayers Turn your ear, your eyes from heaven upon us and let your power be made manifest in this house. We love you. We thank you. I bless all of you as you go with great dreams, visions, signs, wonders, miracles, and a strengthening and encouragement from the word of God in every day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.